Oh, I don't know if I'm okay. Looks like I'm live now. I've been live for ten seconds, but it just now told me that I'm live. So forgive me for uh, uh, not talking for the first ten seconds. Uh, look, I've only got a few minutes. Uh, in fact, I'm jumping in here to do this uh, before my next appointment, which starts in uh, fifteen minutes. Uh, so uh, I'm doing this because I want to make uh, something very, very clear to people. We've got a huge problem in this industry uh, of not engaging in contractual relationships uh, with other parties. So I want to address that for everybody so we can stop uh, the madness. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, I'm going to say this. I put it in the post. I'm going to say this very, very clearly. If you are a grower and you are a processor and you guys are engaging in business with one another, unless the processor is buying outright the flour and trim and sugar leaf, in which case they're paying you X dollars for receiving whatever poundage they're receiving. If you are doing it on a split slash toll based processing and you do not have a contract between the processor and the grower lining out how that split's going to work, what the obligations are, you are not protecting yourselves and it's starting to cause massive, massive problems in the state of Oklahoma. If you want to make me rich, then keep going without contracts in that area because litigation is expensive and not having a contract then means there's disputes about what was actually agreed to. And it is a common occurrence. And let me explain to you how those things come about. First, a grower provides, let's say they provide a hundred pounds and they provide a hundred pounds of fresh frozen to a butane extractor. And the butane extractor is supposed to take that and they're going to, let's just say they're going to do a 50-50 split on the, uh, on the resulting uh, concentrate, whatever it is, whether it's oil, distillate, whatever. Uh, and they're going to do a 50-50 split. Well, if the grower gives you 100 pounds and you, and you processor, you do everything perfectly correct. You process it beautifully. You do it exactly the way you're supposed to do it. Well, what happens if that grower comes back to you and says, hey, out of this 100 pounds, I don't think you processed this correctly. And I don't think you yielded. Uh, what you're supposed to have yielded, and now I'm mad at you, Mr. Processor, because I think you have scammed me or screwed me over on this split that I've in, in, entered into. So that then creates a situation where a grower is now upset with the processor and might sue the processor for not processing the product correctly. Even though the processor did nothing wrong, there can be a dispute because there weren't clearly laid out expectations for both sides. The reverse is also true. To protect for the processor to protect themselves, they need to have a contract that lays out expectations. For example, laying out an expectation that says, hey, you're going to produce this stuff, 100 pounds. This is how we're going to process it. Hey, if you want to be here to examine us processing it, we can even arrange to do that. We're going to lay out how that works and how that contract, uh, that contractual provision is going to be. But there's something that provides that grower some assurance that, hey, you can come watch this. Or maybe I got a video camera and I'm going to let you – log into the stream and you can see us processing your product on that date that we're going to process your whatever the poundage is. Additionally, if you're a processor and you're going to do a split, it needs to be very clear. If you're a processor doing a split and you are getting an extract and you cannot, under current rules, give that extract back to growers. Growers are not allowed to possess and sell concentrates. And a lot of you are breaking the law every time you freaking do that. So please stop what needs to happen, at least my idea what needs to happen, and there's other ways to do it. There's a thousand ways to skin a cat, as the southern saying goes. But 
if the, is the, for the process to extract it, sell it, and then give the percentage of money back to the grower, which is money changing hands. So how do we accomplish that? Well, we accomplish that with a contract that lays out the details. And as a processor, some of the things that we're going to want to look at and we're going to want to protect and we're going to want to lay out in the contract to say, hey, we're going to do this split. And it's going to be a 50-50 split, but it's going to be a 50-50 split or 60-40 split or whatever the split is. But it's going to be after expenses. And we can lay out the anticipated expenses are this for the pro, you know, for the packaging, this for the labeling, this is the sales commission we're giving to people and we're paying for selling the product. Um, so we can lay out what those expenses are again. So everybody has a full, complete understanding of what the expectations are and what the expected results will be. It is only when people have a dispute as to what each side expected and sort of like there's not a meeting of the minds, so to speak, or or each side has their own perspectives of what they're expecting and what they think is going to happen that we end up in situations where we're going to end up in litigation. And I've seen this more and more and more every single day. And I, I will tell you, for a lot of my clients that are doing processing and stuff, they have contracts. They have those things spelled out. We have toll processing agreements that lay out these provisions, that lay out how we're going to handle these things, that do all of the things and, and put all the provisions in. But it's not only for processors to protect themselves. Growers, you need to be protecting yourselves. If you're turning over 100 pounds of flour to a processor to extract, and you're doing it without any basis for what you can expect back. I mean, it's like throwing a penny in a wishing well and hoping to God that, you know, uh, baby Jesus delivers you a Porsche on on Christmas. And I I know that's like the ridiculousness of what you're hoping for without having that stuff laid out in the contract. So please, all you guys are going to do, and Christine and I had a conversation about this. We we met earlier because, again, I stay out of the office. So we met in a uh, out of the office. Um, but, uh, we, uh, we had a conversation about the fact that all of this litigation is starting and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And if we can avoid litigation, we'd love to, we want business clients. We want clients in the medical marijuana industry that we are helping make money, that we are helping make sure that they're compliant and that they're doing things the right way. And I can tell you right now that I have never seen a truly successful party that, you know, there's never truly a winner in a litigation lawsuit. The only winner in a lawsuit or in a huge dispute like that are the lawyers on both sides that are getting paid uh, no matter what the outcome is. They're getting paid by the hour to handle it. So again, if you want to make me rich and make me a lot of money that's doing you absolutely no good, get yourself in a situation like that without a contract because that's all in the world you're doing. So it is not that expensive. We have and look, every situation is different. And so how, if you, depending on how complex you want the situation to be and how complex you want the contract to be and how, how big of a deal it is and what each side wants in there and all those kind of things, they can get complicated. But I will still say that an ounce of prevention is worth the pound of cure. It is a lot cheaper to get a contract done that you can use over and over and over again than it is to get in one lawsuit. So please... If you are a grower, stop giving your product to processors to process without a contract in place. And if you are a processor, please stop taking product, uh, stop taking flour and trim and sugar leaf and all that stuff. Stop taking biomass to process without an agreement, written agreement in place that deals with that. And I'm going to throw in one final thing, and I'll do a separate video about this another day. But I need to remind everybody that is selling to a dispensary. When you are selling to a dispensary, in the state of Oklahoma, you are operating under the Uniform Commercial Code related to uh, sale of goods transactions. 
So even if you don't have a contract and you think, hey, we just sold this, we're good, and we got our money, everybody's happy, that is not the case. There are contractual provisions that the Uniform Commercial Code applies to all sales of goods in the state of Oklahoma that make and put provisions in that have certain requirements on both sides that allow for returns, etc. So if you don't have a set of terms and conditions that supersede the Uniform Commercial Code, you are living under a contract and you don't even know what the daggum terms are of your contract when you're selling this stuff. And if you're a dispensary buying it, you don't even know what your rights are. So again, both sides need to have terms and conditions. If you're a dispensary buying, you know, when you're issuing a purchase order to buy whatever you're buying, you need to be issuing a purchase order that has terms and conditions that favor you and making sure that you're going to get quality, safe product. You can return it if you have a problem or if, if a customer has an issue with vape carts breaking or whatever, that they're going to, you know, that the seller is going to honor those things. If you're a seller, you want to make sure that you're limiting your exposure and your risk in the stuff that you're giving and that you're not giving them, you know, more than you're willing to give when you're selling those things. And all of that is controlled by terms and conditions. And even, again, if you don't think you have a contract in those situations, like I sold you this for $10, you got the product, I got my $10, deal done. That is not the case because the UCC sale of goods provisions apply in sales of goods between commercial uh, vendors. And so they are applicable no matter whether you know they exist or not. They can be used against you or they can be used in your favor if it's something that you need them to benefit you for. So please, I know I say this a lot and I sound like a broken record and forgive me, but an ounce of prevention, pound of cure, that is a true adage. So please stop making these mistakes. You're just going to hurt yourself and you're going to ultimately at the end of the day make lawyers a bunch of damn money. And again, I would rather make money by helping you be set up correctly and operating your business the way it's supposed to be operating and doing things that are going to maximize your profit and maximize your return than on fighting unnecessary litigation that could have been avoided. Now, look, we can't always avoid all litigation, but we can avoid a lot of it. And I'll give you the final thing I'll give you an example of. I have a client in Tulsa. They've been selling. They're not even in the marijuana industry. They're in a completely different industry. and They've been selling stuff for a long time. They got into a dispute with the company. They did nothing wrong. And two years later, this company essentially comes back and says that the products were defective that we sold them. And because of the UCC and their terms and conditions, they were able to sue this client in federal court in Ohio. And so we had to go to Ohio to defend a case because my client didn't have uh, the terms and conditions on their uh, operating on their purchase agreements etc. Like I told them to about 50 times before. So they end up paying me a lot of money to go to Ohio. And by the way, I don't ever want to go back to Dayton, Ohio again in my life, but that's what had to happen. And we had to go up there several times. And one of their corporate reps had to go up there with me to defend a daggum lawsuit that could have been a hundred percent avoided. So please take this free advice and make sure that you have a contract. If you don't have purchase agreements and, and toll processing agreements that you're using, then you're making a serious mistake, and that's my two cents for the day. Uh, so please uh, like and share this and let everybody know. By the way, if you didn't see the post, um, go over to YouTube. I'm going to start doing the videos there. Uh, the, the newest show, the show is going to be called What the Fork Oklahoma. That's What the Fork, F-O-R-K, uh, Oklahoma. Go over there and look for it. You'll see it. There's no videos up right now, but you'll find the page. You'll see a picture of What the Fork and a map of sort of an outline of Oklahoma. Check it out. Subscribe. And uh, turn on the notifications for that. I'm going to be doing a lot of videos over there uh, as we move away from Facebook. Um, 
as much as humanly possible. So with that, you stay safe out there, and we'll keep you posted on new things as they develop.